guys. And we're back with a juicy one, of course. This is Soul Sunday, the podcast that entertains, inspires, educates, and feeds your soul. I'm your host, Jade Aisha, and I'm back with a new guest. Faith, my girl, how are you, babe? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for having so me. Right, yeah. So right, so <laughs> right. I'm excited for this one. I feel like this one's going to be oh, a juicy gosh. one. Jesus. <laughs> We're delving into Faith as a person and anyone that actually knows her in real life, yeah, Wait. will know that this girl has many layers to her. I love it. I, lo- I love you, Faith, like so much, honestly. I love you too, this, like... So, where, where do we start? Do you know what? Let's start with you as a child growing up in a religious household. What was that like? Um... <clears throat> well, <laughs> I was a bright little youth still, but um, <laughs> I can imagine. No, but um, I think growing up in a religious household, how was that like for me? I think um, it's really hard for me to kind of give like a proper, proper, deep description because that was like growing up in a religious household. That was my normal. Yeah. So it's really hard to like kind of speak on it when it was your normal. But I guess like for me, um. I remember there was a lot of pressure to be that family. I mean, I mean, obviously it wasn't like a thing where like people were saying you have to be that family. My parents weren't saying we have to be that family, but it was kind of like an unspoken thing. Like actually, you have to be that family. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like proper like a nuclear family. You know, mom, dad, brother goes to yeah. church every week type of thing. And um what is your sorry, just so for everyone listening, what is your background yeah. and what is the religion? Okay. So, okay, so um I'm black, Jamaican, both parents are Jamaican. Um when I say I'm Jamaican, I mean like as in I have Jamaican heritage. I wasn't born in Jamaica, I'm born in the UK. Are your parents born there? Yeah, both my parents are born there. Um I didn't know that. Yeah. Um both my parents are born in Jamaica and um they started a church um, back a little bit before I was born, i say, like halfway through my brother's childhood type of thing. Yeah. Um, and from that, like, religion's been a big part of, like, you know, my childhood, growing up and everything like that. And, yeah, that's, that's always been very interesting. It's been at times quite difficult. Like, because, yeah. you know, like any family, any family has issues. And, um, you know, when you're kind of in a religious household, like whether your parents own the church or go to church regularly, like, I think tackling family issues is a bit different because, you know, religion comes into everything. And, you know, in religion, I guess, like, sometimes, like, I mean, the way I think now it's a bit more practical. So, you know, like... Um, when religion always gets brought into a conversation, it's more like this outward force that's affecting things going on inside, especially if it's something wrong that's gone on inside. And really, truly, um, you know, there was times where we had to have conversations, we had to look at each other, we had to look at ourselves as people. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of wasn't ever a process that was really introduced, which was, it was a bit of a weird one because, um, you know, even though, like, I grew up in a church, my parents had a church, but also my mum was a psychotherapist as well. So I think 
I really, I think growing up, I really um, struggled. Not struggled, but like, I really, sometimes, you know, I wanted that mum that was a licensed mental, mental health professional, but instead I got the mum that was religious. And I wish I had, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I was just like, come on, I know you're in there, but like, I think sometimes that was a bit of a struggle growing up in a religious household. Yeah, I could imagine that. That was interesting, yeah. actually. So, like, when... That's a, that's a lot, because I feel like that, that shapes a lot of your opinion. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, religion would shape a lot of your opinion, and then a profession would shape a lot of her opinion as well. Yeah. How do you feel like you got advice from your mum? Like, do you know what I mean? As a child, when your mum preaches to you, your mum preaches to you from her life experience, but she's got yeah. her life experience and all these other things that will feed into her. So how do you feel like that differed from anyone else's mum, I guess? I mean, well, that's the thing. She wasn't different to anyone else's mum. She was just like a mum, like, regardless of the training that she had and the way she was taught to think um, as, um, you know, a therapist it didn't stop her from, you know, being, like, a mum with the same issues that most people struggle with with their mum. Um, I think it's only when I got a bit older and I started going to therapy myself, I started, like, questioning mum a little bit more and saying, like, listen, you've learned about this, like, are you actually seeing this? And I think that's when we Mm -hmm. were able to have, you know, deeper conversations because I think once I got into therapy for myself and I got to see what that was about, um, that's when she kind of, you know, was more responsive and like, you know, was that therapist mom in a way that I yeah. kind of wanted. And not saying like, you know, you can have like a mom that's great that's not a therapist, but I think when you have that training, like sometimes, sometimes if you know it, if you know better, you need to do better. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. my mom knew better. Make it out like she's terrible. She's not. <laughs> But like, I'm no, just... but I get. I would. I think I'd feel yeah. the same. I get that. I definitely yeah. get that. I think it would be hard to. Yeah. It's fun. It'd be hard to distinguish. Is this mum? Mm. Is this you in work mode? Mm. Do you get what I mean? Like. Mm. Yeah. No. I. I get that. I get that. Growing up, did you feel restricted? Yeah. I feel like my often think about um growing up in a religious household especially in a black religious household you think restriction rules can't do anything can't even breathe out of place like yeah yeah that didn't stop until like, i actually moved out i'm not gonna lie really <laughs> yeah i mean i mean to a degree they were like my parents were reasonable it wasn't like they would do like mad stuff like lock me in my room and all them things yeah <laughs> but like i remember it was it wasn't healthy <laughs> like it wasn't um healthy like how much but i think that comes not just from being in a religious household but also just kind of being the youngest in the household i was the baby in it and sometimes yeah, that's really yeah. difficult um but i remember like even my partner like i think after moving out and kind of like looking back on things with like my partner and stuff like that like i was saying to her like oh yeah like i had curfew and that was like <laughs> i had a curfew I had a curfew. Like, I'm thinking like a strict thing. That definitely wasn't a strict thing. That was just that was just parenting. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, I have to be home by ten. 
these times I'm like 22. I'm like, oh, okay. no, my gosh. You didn't <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a struggle. I was thinking, and the thing oh, is, because yeah. like, I'm a bit of a homebody naturally, naturally, I don't yeah. want to go out all the time, all the, every day, all the time. But it would only just kind of occur to me in those moments where I was like, oh, wait, this isn't as free as it should be. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that I was a bit of a homebody made it easier for my parents. Like, there wasn't so much headbutting because, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of friends I wanted to go out with all the time. I was very comfortable just being in my own environment. Um, so we didn't butt heads that much, but it was just like in the moments where I thought, actually, I want to like, you know, do a little something. That's when it'd be like, ah, and I'm like, oh no, wait, it's <laughs> my reality. But um, yeah, I think, I think growing up, it was very, very strict. Um, I definitely remember that because that was ridiculous. Back in the day, it was ridiculously strict. Like I'll get told off for coming home late from netball practice. It was like that type of strict. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I would see that as as strict or not. But then again, I think again, it's not so much like the religious aspect. I think that's just like them as parents. You know what I mean? As parents, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And like, I think people always assume like you know when you're coming from a religious household, like it's a whole different world, and it's not as different as people realize it's not as different as you know people might think but um okay yeah i think it's more to do it's more i think kind of like that tightness comes more from like you know a cultural standpoint you know mm. from a household where it's like you know both jamaican both have their ways both have their minds that mindset and that type of thinking like you know if you are jamaican you kind of understand that um yeah because i knew plenty of people that were like coming from religious households that you know it was a bit different and i think it just depends more on like the parents you have rather than how religious they are and also their perspective exactly especially and it's more down to their perspective of um religion you know people view religion and you know their faith in different ways and practice their faith in different ways so like it's also down to that as well definitely like um, go on. Sorry. <laughs> Not school. You went to private school. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Because you are the only person I know that has ever been to private school. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I I grew up in a very like lower class area. Um what was private school like? How did that shape you as a person? Oh, uh, pri- do you know what it is? Yeah. Um, I went to a handful of private schools, um, not because I was bad mind on the kid, but it was because, ironically, they kept on closing down. So, but private school, I don't know. It feels so, it feels so far away from me. Yeah. Um, private school, I didn't like school in general. I don't think private school was ever for me. I think, I want to say there's loads of big differences. I think, it's smaller classes. Um, yeah. Smaller classes. Day to day, I don't think it's any different to what I experienced when I went to college. If I'm being honest, I think one thing about private school I realised is that um, kind of like the investment into girls versus boys, which sounds proper random, but um, 
the school I went to, it had it had two brother schools, so it was like a sister school. It was like a mm-hmm. part of the foundation, basically. So you had the um, two brother schools. One was boys only. One was boys only with a mixed sixth form, and you had a girls only one, which was the one I went to. And yeah. um, you know, I remember us having to you know like arts for like you know very basic things and stuff like that. And um, you know, like sometimes we said actually, you know, would it be okay for us to you know put on a really good performance really big performance or would it be okay for us to have like you know better grounds or maybe like a place where we can you know have swimming and stuff like that um which sounds like we're being really bougie but like you know these boys schools would have like you know state of the art everything like i'm i know the facilities are good but like yeah 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 the amount of money that yeah foundation difference and how it implements in society now like literally i remember for our school prom um, we had like a whole book towel and you know some fizzy drinks. Yeah, now that sounds standard, right? That sounds standard. Yeah. And I remember yeah, yeah. there was actually a big thing about um, you know dating one of the private school boys because you get to go to like the private school boys prom and that prom used to be oh, really. You know, it was a big thing. I ended up going because um, I had a gay best friend at the time, but um, I remember going and I kid you not, compared to like hours it was stupid they had a photo booth they had a Rolls Royce just to like take pictures in just to take pictures in sorry wait 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 wait. she said they had a Rolls Royce listen if I can find a picture of you of of, not you of me um standing next to the Rolls Royce I'll show you yeah they hired out (laughs) Royce just to stand and take pictures in front of they had a photo booth they had a casino table like it was mad I was thinking that is mental that is crazy. What's the class difference like in the, what area did was your um your private school in? It was in the ghetto. <laughs> it, was in Croydon. it was in Croydon. In the ghetto part of Croydon. <laughs> but like, um it was still a good school, it was still a good school. If you live in Croydon, you probably know which school I'm talking about anyway. Um So did you so did you have loads of people from different areas? Was it all Yeah. Like what was the class like? I think um, you obviously always think that a certain type of person would go to a private school. Well, it actually it was a good it was a fair mix because I'll tell you why a lot of people that went to private schools, especially in that area, had bursaries and scholarships. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's one thing that I think actually it's really good that they have that available. Just to give like people that actually, you know, are passionate about, you know, what they're doing, like it gives them a chance, which I thought was really good. But I think in private school you meet some really interesting characters very interesting stories because not only do you meet them but you meet kind of where they're coming from and in a way sometimes like um you know you have like parents like obviously everyone's parent unless you're on the on a bursary or scholarship but everyone's parent has the money and you it's really interesting how they've got that money or the reason why they decided to send their kids to a private school as well because a lot of them came from public schools and they acted out so much in the public school that they sent them to a private school Oh. Um, yeah, very scandalous, you know, but <laughs> it was just interesting. It was very interesting to see, like, you know, the stories that people had. Like, yeah. some kids, like, they had to be chauffeured to and from school, like, specifically. They had a specific driver, and it made you think, like, rah, like, why do you have a specific driver? Um, it made you, like, it just, like, kind of got your mind going. It kind of made you think, and, you know, like, a lot of these kids, like, they have money, they're rich, and this and that and the other. Yeah. But it's just like really interesting like the relationship they had with money. Yeah. Um 
yeah man like i went to like coming out of school um money doesn't impress me as much (laughs) i think that's one thing i can say i think when you go to private school money doesn't impress you as much as you think because you realize um you know the person's character is not the person's character um also coming out of private school you realize how much class plays a role in real life um yeah yeah you realize um kind of like it sounds weird but like you kind of get an idea into how people who are a bit more financially well off think do you know what i mean like you get mm. an idea of like what's actually important to them what is actually the best move like you know you learn kind of a little bit more just by looking and observing and seeing how people live you learn a bit more about actually how you should kind of like or what might be the best way to live your life i guess and like yeah. best ways to spend money best ways to use money like i went to like different people's houses and i saw how they live in you know some people like it's very different I say the one thing about um, private school is that you are still a bit sheltered and I think getting to go to like, you know, a regular college, I think I got to be a bit of myself. It was less controlled, it was a bit more free and I got to kind of like decide what I was going to do with my life. I think, you know, when you go to private school, there is an element of control where it's like, um, you know, there is a lot of pressure for you to go down a certain path. Like I remember my friend, she stayed in, I got in contact with her recently and she stayed private school and you know because she was particularly good at one subject there was a lot of pressure for her to um, stick with one of the subjects that she chose and it was making her so miserable and for her to like kind of come out and say actually I don't want to I don't want to do the subject anymore there was a lot of control there's a lot of like her again iced out a little bit so there is pressure there is control a bit more when it comes to like private education that I don't think a lot of people talk about um, but I think the thing I like about, you know, normal, regular school is that, like, you know, you very much, like, control what you do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. whatever you do, that's your choice. No one's really guiding you. And that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. But I think, you know, your life is very much more up to you. And I think I really like that. And I think it made me realise, actually, I like this and I don't like that. And I like this and I don't like that. And I think I just felt more in control of, like, where my life was heading, whether it was going in a bad direction or not, at least I had control over it. No, um, I, I respect it. I respect yeah. That, definitely. Um, so you've come out of private school, you've gone into regular college, you are who you are. And one of the first things, one of the first conversations, the deep conversations me and you had was about your sexuality. Boy. And I remember you being so stressed about telling me and then me going, I don't care. And you was just like, oh, what? Like, bare confused <laughs> about the fact that I didn't care. Like, and you try to over justify it. And this, and I was like, and I it's remember cool. because I feel like I bring this up a lot when I talk about sexuality, because I remember our conversation so much. Mm. And I was like, you don't have to give me a label. Mm. Like, please don't feel like you need to decide and tell me and justify yourself. Mm. Um, one common thing that I've noticed even in the last 20 minutes that we've talked about is every element of what you've been talking about religion, being black going to private school is control mm. and some, something has restricted you, something has controlled you in some way, whether it be a big way or a small way um, so I feel like your 
sexuality is something that you fully have control over and let's let's talk about that when when did you come out what was that experience like do you know what is yeah personally i think my coming out story wasn't as bad as other people's car Mm. i thought i was gonna die that day (laughs) like i no i'm never joking no let me tell you the story so many people's realities (laughs) like i i kind of came to terms with my sexuality when i was like I think I was like 15. Yeah. Something like that. And I remember feeling stressed about it, you know, because I remember when I finally came to reality, I was like, rah, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, what are we going to do right now? But um, I remember I came out to my parents when I was 18. And Jay, when I tell you I was stressed, you know, I had all my clothes packed up in suitcases next to the door. I had my dressing gown on. Underneath my dressing gown, I had clothes, you know. I was planning to like, you know, as soon as I came out, I was planning to like literally bolt out of the house. Where I was going, I don't know. No, that's not even a joke. Like, that was the actual plan. <laughs> why did you why did you feel like that? What so those three years, because that's a long time to hold something in. Mm. What was that like? Why did you why did you build that up to that moment so much in your head? Well, honestly, I wasn't planning to tell them ever. <laughs> but I think my brother was just like saying, No, it's time, it's time, it's time yeah i was like no and he's like no you're doing it and i was like i don't know why this is happening like i feel stressed um and um yeah man it was it was it wasn't as bad as i thought it wasn't as bad as i thought i was expecting it to be like proper dramatic and to be fair it took my parents quite a while to come around to it i don't know if they're still fully around to it but you know they're tolerant but um like yeah it took me a while um because i think growing up i knew kind of my parents stance on homosexuality and you know yeah same-sex relationships um i remember coming out and it's fine it's it's perfectly fine yeah my mom was a bit like shocked she was like oh my gosh i should have known this and that i couldn't believe she didn't Um, why like, do they feel like they need to know every aspect like they're like they need to predict the person you're gonna be like, my mum says that so many times like oh i should have known and i'm just like why do you feel like you should have known like you're not a psychic it's okay and then i think my mom just tried to kind of like make it out like it wasn't real she was like no but like i like women as well but just not like that and i was like no but i like we <laughs> <laughs> like, all appreciate yeah. a sexy woman oh my gosh <laughs> I think it, it was something that it wasn't coming out wasn't just like a one moment thing it was a process that was over a course of years do you know what i mean yeah so, like it came to what like every day i'm having to come out to them because you know they're not really getting it so like you know coming out was one thing then you know getting into a relationship that was another thing yeah um and that's uh, what i think when probably reality hit them it was like, that, that's when reality hit them and then like getting out of a relationship they think oh it's great you know and then i got a boyfriend and they thought oh happy days and then oh it's a phase yeah yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> obviously that didn't work out and you know ended up with someone else and like, oh okay well <laughs> you know that's that but um yeah it was it was definitely like a process because at first my mom you know didn't believe it i think it's only just now and especially because I'm in quite a healthy relationship now, yeah. um, I think my mum can definitely kind of see who I am. And she's definitely come to a point where actually now, because she sees that I'm in a healthy relationship, it's like she can either accept it or she can't. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, so for the most part, she is happy 
with me being happy. She really likes my partner as well. Both of them get along quite well. Um, actually, she gets along with my whole family, really. And, um, yeah, I think um, it's our point where she's like, actually, it's not something I agree with, but I do appreciate this person. I do accept who you are, whether I agree with it or not. So I'm thinking that, to be at that point, it's taken quite a while. So I'm thinking, actually, I'll, I'll settle for that for now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you feel like it affected your relationship with people when you did come out? How how did that happen? Like, what was that like? Um, it's one thing, obviously, your mum accepting it in the household, but then I feel like people like people have been shunned from their families and this, that, and the other. Did you get any of that? Um. Well, how did it affect my relationships? Well. Funny enough, my parents have always been kind of supportive of whatever relationship I've been in, as long as I'm happy, as long as I was happy. Um, I think because my first proper relationship was as tumultuous as it was, I think it was very hard for me to tell whether my parents were being unsupportive because they were homophobic. Not saying that my parents were homophobic, but it was hard to tell if it was, you know, due to them not agreeing with the lifestyle or if they actually just generally didn't like her. It was the okay. fact that Jenny didn't like her, and that's yeah. you know that's another story in itself. But um, I think with you know kind of like being so different to what was expected of me, um, definitely triggered. And I didn't realize at the time, but I think looking back in hindsight, um, triggered a lot of attachment issues because because it was very much me against the world type of thing in my head. Yeah. I felt like the person that I was with, I had to be joint to the hip. I didn't have to be joint to the hip. And I never want to be joint to the hip again. But yeah. it was very much like triggering a lot of attachment issues um, for me. And, um, you know, when you have attachment issues, you sometimes attract the worst types of people. So not only was I having, you know, kind of like this anxious attachment style, because again, me against the world, but I would end up going for people um, who were very avoidant in their attachment um, to the point it was very toxic. And I think that coupled with this whole me against the world thing, it was yeah. it was very, it was very like um, difficult um, to kind of have a relationship in that environment because, you know, I assumed that the whole world was against me. So I ended up going after people who were avoidant anyway because, you know, I was kind of perpetuating that um, narrative and then, I think, you know, giving my myself a chance to heal and um, learn, I guess, and grow, just give myself that chance to kind of like settle into what's just happened because it's pretty much a thing where like, come out and I want to be, I want to have a girlfriend type of thing. Yeah. You know, I want yeah, to come out. Yeah, to prove a point. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a prude point. Um, <laughs> of course. That's just you. Anyway. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, but, like, I realised, actually, let me just sit in this. Like, you know, as uncomfortable it is, let me sit in this. Let me sit in the whole me being queer thing. Um, to be fair, my mum, she came... My mum and my parents, they came around a lot more to the idea of me being gay during the time that I was single, funny enough. And I think just allow myself to kind of sit in that and then say actually I want a partner now or like let me just Why try to do you think that work. was? Um they, they came around while you were single. I think it's because they just got to see a bit more of me and who I was. Yeah. Um I think 
because of the relationship I was in the past, you know, the type of relationships I was in, um, you know, it was very much like a battle because, you know, they were as toxic, they weren't, my parents could see that they were toxic and, you know, it was more concerned than like anything else. I didn't realise at the time. Um, so I think when did they when they saw that um, I was kind of taking time to myself to be single and everything like that, I think there was more of a, like a respect there of who I was because they could see what I was trying to do and they could see that I was actually trying to, you know, better myself. And I think, you know, that comes with like a level of respect, like, okay, this isn't just our little girl anymore, this is a human being that's, you know, being through this and being through that is, yeah. Like, I think they could take it more seriously when I start taking myself seriously. I think that's the best way to put it, yeah. No, I, I respect that, definitely. Um, what advice would you give to anyone that's coming out? Um, what advice would I give? Um, make sure that it's safe to come out. I feel like everyone puts so that? much pressure on like people coming out and actually trust your instincts with that I'd say and also with coming out I'd say especially if you're like me coming from a black household just kind of be prepared that like it's not going to be just a one-step thing it is a process especially if you've got like parents like that um also if you're coming out um if you're coming out just make sure that you you feel good in yourself like, don't come out so you can justify who you are. Like, make sure you're good with yourself and, like, you're good with who you are. Like, you know, before I came out, I was in big denial, you know, big, big denial. And mm. um, every time I saw a gay person, I'd be like, that's so wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's understandable. It's understandable. Mm. Like, I'm not even going to shy away from the fact that in a black culture it is looked down upon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So naturally, growing up in your household, that would be something that would be scary to even admit to yourself, never mind the rest of the world, yeah. because you've been told for so long that it's not the norm. Mm. Yeah, man. So yeah, it, make, it, make, it makes sense why you was definitely in denial. Yeah, I was definitely in denial. So I was just saying, like, make sure just like you're good with yourself and you're good with who you are, because as long as you're okay with who you are, then you're going to be all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you know who you are and you feel good in who you are. Um, no, definitely. And also, you Faith don't... Faith is unapologetically so. herself every yeah. single day. Every day, so, every day. She has, <laughs> has taught me to be that. Um, <laughs> I've learned anything from our friendship. It is be unapologetically yourself every single day in every aspect of your life and everything that you do. Of course. Um, yeah. And going off that, one thing that I learned from you was how to deal with my mental health. Sure. Yes, definitely. Oh. If I have anyone to thank um, to go to therapy, it would be you. Because you oh. made down days feel normal. And again, coming from a black household, you're not sad. You're not allowed to be sad. You've got nothing to be sad about. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got food, you've got clothes on your back, and you've got a river. Exactly. Like, nothing to moan about. Do you know what and I mean? you normalised that for me at 21. Um... So, how how did you come to terms with that? Obviously, with your mum's profession, I think. No, actually, did you feel like you could talk about your feelings with your mum? No. Nah. Was that something normal? How did you come to terms with your mental health, talking about your mental health, being so open with it, and then going to therapy as well? 
I mean, at the time, um, even though my mum was in the industry that she was in, I don't feel like I could, like, talk, like, openly about it. Really? Yeah, I didn't feel like I was there with my mum and, yeah. I think now, definitely, now we have yeah. these conversations. Like, sometimes we even joke about, like, yeah, I talked about you in therapy because you didn't get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, blasting like you know, just all laughs and stuff like that. But when I first kind of had the idea in my head that actually I want to go to therapy, my mom didn't seem on board, and I think again that's not her being a therapist; that's mm-hmm. her being a mom. Yeah, that's interesting. And like you know, the anxieties. I know a lot of moms do have anxiety about their child going to therapy. Um, and in that moment, she was just being, you know, a regular mom and just thinking, oh, no, you know, what's going to happen, this and that and the other. And, you know, she had those words. So I kind of just took it upon myself yeah. to kind of go into therapy um, all in my own hands. What was that like, stepping into that? It's, uh, I think my therapy journey is very um, interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting because... At the time, I didn't have the best therapist. I didn't realise I didn't have the best therapist until I had another therapist. Yeah. Because um, during the time, oh, it's going to sound like this This might not have to be a different podcast, but at the time... We got the time, we got the time. At the time, I ended up... I mean, do you know what is there? I think about it and I think, trust me, to end up in this situation. I ended up with a therapist that was not the most professional... Yeah. And when people think about that, they think, oh, my gosh, did you sleep with a therapist? No, it's not that. But <laughs> I mean, no one thought that. No. <laughs> I'm speaking on all behalf of the listeners. No one thought that. Right. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I thought that, okay. But when I've, like, talked about this person, they, they say, they do arts, like, oh, was it romantic? I'm like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. But this therapist um, was very much, like, I ended up being a bit of her therapist. Okay. Not not the healthiest situation. Yeah. And um You got very comfortable in a unprofessional way. Yeah. Um in the end we stopped therapy and then a few months, I think it was about a month after we stopped therapy, she messaged me on her personal number and proceeded to be my friend for like a year. Then I cut that off. And then I told my new therapist about this about um, what happened and I was like I think that really damaged me <laughs> but um yeah. a lot of good yeah no honestly and um I think um as I kind of learn a bit more I realized actually this happens a lot with therapists there's a lot of um, therapists out there that don't quite do their job right um so that was a that was a roller coaster um, what kind of things obviously you don't need to delve into your sessions but what kind of things would you address in a therapy session um in my therapy sessions now well i haven't just generally well actually i think we with this therapist i'm with now i think i made a lot more progress so yeah. i got to talk a bit more about my attachments my relationships a yeah. bit more about my childhood um I got to kind of go into that and kind of see how I feel and how I can navigate. I think I became a bit more of a better person in therapy the second time around because I was really able to talk about myself and talk about the things that I needed and the things 
and how I could go about getting the things that I needed out of life and the things I could give to myself and, you know, kind of like nurturing that inner child um, because, you know, the first time round, that inner child, again, was having to look after someone else. I definitely recommend everyone, like, I don't care who you are, like, everyone needs to, like, do therapy at least once. Oh, my God, yeah. I came to that conclusion. Like, even my partner now, um, really good, healthy relationship. And, you know, we've said, actually, as a couple, if we were going to get married, we still would want to have, like, couples therapy before we do any type of proposal or anything like that because it's just, you know, you never know what's underlying and, you know, it'll be the small things that will be, like, the breaking point, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really know what you're thinking about sometimes. Yeah. It'd be so, like... It will will surprise you what is deep down inside once you kind of, like, open up to it. And I think when you go to therapy, um you do have to be a bit vulnerable and sometimes that can be difficult and sometimes you really need to be patient like some people say oh let me go into therapy and do like six sessions or something like that you go into therapy for as long as you need therapy do you know what I mean (laughs) that could be a month two months some years you never know how long that's going to be you never know if you're going to have to go back even do you know what I mean some people continue to have therapy throughout yeah at the moment I'm not in therapy but I definitely think I'll probably go back in like maybe a year or two yeah or maybe a few well, I feel like I would definitely go back in different stages of my life yeah yeah then so I'm like how am I dealing with this stage like so much has changed so much is going on yeah I definitely yeah. think I would go back into therapy yeah. um what's one thing that you feel like you really took away from going to therapy um that you implement in your life now I think one thing I realized is how much control I have over me I think, again, coming back to that control thing, everyone yeah. and their mum is fucking controlling my life and how I live. And I think during that time, I really took back some of my power. Yeah. And I realised, actually, I can do this for myself. I can do that for myself. Yeah. I think if I wasn't in therapy, I wouldn't have it in me to kind of, like, try and move out, do what I need to do. I think I really was able to con- take control of, like, my life. And sometimes you don't even realise you don't have much control of your life. But Yes. Yeah, I it's think, so normal. Yeah. You don't realise that actually you don't have as much control as you think. But I think, you know, being in therapy put things into perspective. It helped me realise, it helped heal kind of like the relationship I have with my parents and kind of like see them for who they were and yeah. be kind of realistic um, about life and where I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I've I become a bit more, I say it, I've become a bit more um, fair in my thinking, like a bit more pragmatic um and i don't take things as personal um yeah yeah i don't think, take I think you start seeing people as people rather than them as the character in your life yeah do you get what yeah. i mean yeah i think i start, that's one thing that i took away from therapy is i saw my mum as a person rather than my mum so um yeah no i definitely i definitely could agree with that mm. um my final question that i asked <laughs> that joins me on the podcast name me three people that entertain inspire educate and feed your soul they can do all four things or they can just do one or the four mm, bomber clark um wait how many people <laughs> <laughs> how many people you want again three three people yeah all right three people in my fucking life um three people in my life 
my partner, she she gets the number one seat. Um, Shout out. Yeah, man. recently. Absolute gem. Yeah, I love her. Um, she taught me a lot about, you know, the person I am. Really opened my eyes and really showed me what it is to be kind of, like, open, honest and real. And also, like, what it means to, like, actually, like, you know, companionship. I learned a lot about that. I learned a lot through her, actually. And I think, you know, that's the best type of relationship to have, like, really kind of learn and grow with someone. Yeah. Um, who else in my life? Um, myself. Because um, yeah, I'm just that love bitch. Love that, love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who else? You can know them, not know them. They can be dead, they can be alive. Anyone, absolutely anyone. Um, I don't know a lot of people, you know. But, um... It can be anyone, like... <laughs> I've had people talk about actresses. I've had people talk about motivational speakers, their neighbour, like, anyone. Um, I'm trying to think. Connor, me, and... Um... God, it's such a hard question, man. We've got something free. Be someone that, like, you're constantly following and you, like, enjoy them as a person. Um, probably my brother. I can't stand him. No, honestly, I can't stand him. We have the worst relationship. But, (laughs) no, 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 no. We do. We do. He's a wanker. He knows it. But, like, we have literally, he's taught me a lot. He's taught me a lot growing up. Um, he's taught me what it is to, like, kind of, like, go through your 20s and stuff like that. Um, and kind of like relationships like he's hustled really hard to get where he is you know what I mean yeah. Um, so yeah I don't particularly like him but he has taught me a lot do you know what I mean <laughs> so yeah it's my babes myself and my brother that I barely talk to <laughs> oh my god babe it's been an absolute pleasure oh mine too though yes Oh, I'm so excited. Plug your socials. Where can everyone find you? Follow you. Follow me. Follow me on um, Shaloma98. That's spelled S H something, 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 something. I can't spell, guys. It'll be linked below. It'll be linked. (laughs) (laughs) But Shaloma98, we're there. Um, Yeah. Shaloma98 and everything. And it's been great, guys. Um, Thanks for having me, girl. It's all right. It's all right. Make sure you hit us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you can stream a podcast. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jodisha. And I will see you guys next week. Over and out.